For 12 years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. And we're privileged and happy to have you. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. Come on in, Arizona. Come on into my house. It's Rosie on the house. And like the man said for 12 years in a row, the number one most popular, safest contractor referral network in the whole state of Arizona, broadcasting for 33 years with over almost 10,000 hours of broadcast time, over five broadcast affiliates, uh, over 60,000 hourly listeners, uh, four Four hundred almost a half a million audible impressions over the years. Email newsletter distribu- distribution of over seven million. So we're doing what we can to be every Arizona homeowner's best friend. If you own a home, we want you to know about Rosie on the House. Because between our broadcast on Saturday mornings, our subscription newsletters that come to your email box every Thursday our website that lives at rosieonthehouse.com, we've got the most up-to-date, complete homeowner information for you, the Arizona homeowner. We don't know about taking care of a house in Duluth, Minnesota. We don't know about managing an oil-fired furnace in Des Moines. But baby, if it has to do with owning a home in Arizona, we've been here since 1965, building and remodeling in virtually every corner of the state. From Flagstaff, shoot, I've even built a home in Wikiup, Arizona. Now, how many contractors can say that? Not very many. We've helped homeowners in Bouse, Arizona. You ever been to Bouse? Have you ever been to Bouse, Arizona? There's not much there. There's not much there, except during the gym festival in the West. So, uh, built and remodeled. Homes down in Tucson, 4th Street and Alvernon, built my, uh, remodeled a home for my daughter who attended U of A, uh, all the way over to Springerville and Eager, uh, and of course, Maricopa County extensively. So if you can hear our voice, we've operated in your corner of Arizona. And if we can't answer your question, we know somebody in your neighborhood that we can get the right information. So we'd like to think that you can trust us. And I have to tell you, every once in a while we share with y'all what happens at our office during the week. And this particular week, I talked, you know, things kind of go in waves, it seems like. Topics just hit us, and then we're like high-centered on that topic for a couple weeks, and then the next topic rolls in. Uh, This week in particular, I had eight or nine different homeowners on the phone that they had the specific purpose of calling us and thanking us for our referral directory. People who won't let anybody on their property if they're not Rosie certified. I met with a a couple at Scottsdale Ranch the other day, uh, Lions Roofing redid their roof. Arizona Paint Company painted their house. Bram Flooring replaced all their flooring. Talked to another couple the other day. Walker Plumbing does all their plumbing. And 
Um, uh, Johnson Roofing was mentioned. Water Treatment Technologies was mentioned. I was just overwhelmed by homeowners calling and saying, thank you for what you do. And thank you for the screening you put these people through so that I don't have to do all the checking and the verification. I know it's already done. And one man even said, Rosie, I know in Arizona we've got the, you know, the other associations, the other referral networks, the registrar of contractors. He says, but you know why I use your network? Because I know if I ever have a problem, I only got to make one phone call to your desk and it's going to be taken care of. So that's the way we run the referral network at Rosie on the house. Now, we're running a little contest this hour of the broadcast. If you get our newsletter, you know what we're going to talk about this hour is do-it-yourself projects we recommend you do not tackle. These are four projects, and there's a lot of projects we recommend you don't tackle. But these are the four that seem to come up the most often. And we just don't feel, unless you have specific qualifications, that you should tackle them as a do-it-yourselfer. Now, if you've got in your history a do-it-yourself project that was a fail, We'd like you to call the program now at one 767 Our flagship broadcast affiliate, KTAR, has given us sweet tickets to the Diamondbacks games, to several games coming up. If you call with your do-it-yourself fail story, and you can use an anonymous name over air, we just need your contact information, You'll be entered into a little basket. We'll be drawing some names so you can join the Rosie on the House team in a suite to watch the Diamondbacks for an evening and be our guest, okay? So if you've tackled a do-it-yourself project that was a fail or you know someone that has, reach out to them and have them call us now at one 767 There's a good chance you'll end up in a suite with the Rosie on the House team watching the Diamondbacks game here. We've got three games coming up, and you can have your pick which game you want to attend. So give us a ring at one 767 Talking about four projects you shouldn't tackle on your own. Generally speaking, we like to tell people, leave the roof to experts okay even roofs that look like they're in good shape could be suffering from imminent leaks and many of you found that out just in the last 10 days we were telling you back in march and april now's the time to have a rosy certified roofer walk your roof and do an analysis of what condition it's in And now many, many roofs have leaked all across Arizona in the last two weeks. Roofs that from the untrained eye on the ground look like they're in pretty good shape. It takes a trained eye on the roof observing particular weak links that every roof has to determine if that roof is due for a service or a maintenance call. 
we don't encourage people getting on the roof for a couple reasons. One, falling from ladders is one of the number one causative factors of admittance into ICUs at the hospital all across the country. Ladder safety is really critical. Let me just tell you a couple couple real safety rules. When ascending the ladder, when climbing the ladder, and you want to get on the roof, you need to make sure that ladder is extending up beyond the edge of the roof a good couple feet. Make sure the ladder is extending at least two feet above the roof. So as you step off the ladder, you can use it as a pivot point with your hand. It's also a great way of stabilizing it when you're coming off the roof, getting ready to descend the ladder. The number one reason ladders are one of the top causes of admittances into intensive care units is because people climb them in flip-flop sandals or they come down the ladder facing outward and their heel misses the next rung down. And then you are sliding down the ladder in a very steep fashion, meeting the ground at a high rate of speed, causing some amount of bodily damage. So roofs, generally speaking, for your safety are a reason or a do-it-yourself project that we would tell you, don't tackle yourself. You don't have the trained eye to see the weak links. That roof can look perfectly fine to the naive, untrained eye, and a skilled, jaundiced, experienced eye could get up there and see multiple, multiple problems. Roofing, not generally a do-it-yourself project. And that's our blog for today's article, the top four things that aren't do-it-yourself. And we'll talk about the other ones through the remainder of this broadcast. Calls are lining up if you'd like to join the conversation. And we've got uh, our first caller with a DIY project gone bad. So let's see what uh, Dave on line two has to share with us this morning. Welcome to the program. Hi. Go ahead, David. Hello. Go ahead. I tried to um, stain my concrete floors in my home, pulled up the carpet, and uh, I see all the videos online, and I thought it would be something simple to do. Uh, so I went to the, the local um, supplier and bought all the material and uh, got the instructions and read the video and watched the videos over and over again and attempted to do it. And I, you know, took days, weeks, maybe even a month to prep the floors, uh, to clean them, to get up all the adhesive and all the, um, the markers, you know, how they mark the floors, you know, where the pipes are and everything. And it took forever to get that up and, you know, hours and hours and hours and, uh, those diamond, those expensive diamond (laughs) blades that you have to put on your, on your, um, on your grinder. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Thousands and thousands of dollars later, I could have just hired a contractor because I destroyed the floor. It was <laughs> it was horrible. Um, I put I bought the wrong sprayer. It sprayed in puddles, and it did not come out the color that I wanted to come out. 
And I went back to the store, bought more stain, and tried to make it better, and it just made it worse. Oh, <laughs> so, man. yeah, I was um, uh, over $3,000 later, I could have just hired a contractor and had them out there for maybe the same, the same money and had my nice floor. And then I had to turn around and, you know, hire a contractor to come out and put carpet over the other Oh, David, we appreciate the phone call. Uh, appreciate you. We're going to enter your name into a opportunity to join us at a Diamondback Suites game. We've got the we've got the Pirates, the Padres, and the Braves uh, games coming up that we've got a suite too. So you'll be entered in uh, for you and one other person to join us in the suites. Uh, staining concrete. You know, it's funny. I was at a school teacher's house in Sunny Slope this week who needed a kitchen remodel, and she painted her floor. 20 years ago and Romy she painted it her husband was an auto detailer a bodywork guy who has the pinstripe tape that you put on a car when you're painting the pinstripe she used that to designate large 24 and 36 inch wide tile and she painted it like individual tiles 20 years ago it was absolutely gorgeous. When I walked in, the first thing I noticed about her house was her beautiful floors. And she said, oh, well, I might have Bram floor. Come cover all those because it, it's worn out. So staining your concrete floors, as David can testify, it's tricky. This, this, this was Rosie in the office this week. This is, this edition of Rosie on the House is our baby daughter, Carol Grace's swan song participation in Rosie on the House. Carol, it's just been an absolute joy having you at the office and on the show on Saturday. An absolute joy. You've been a lot of fun. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun to be here. Thanks well, for hiring I, me back. Golly, you're, you've got a you've got a seat at the office anytime you want it. The things you've taken control of and organized and cleaned up, and uh, I I'm, I'm really really going to miss you. But you've got a uh, an incredible opportunity. We're moving Carol to Washington D.C. That's the third son-in-law that's ripped my daughters out of my life. Third son-in-law to do it. But it is the nation's capital, and I know how much you love this country, right? I, I we thank we, you, Gary. We, we do, we do uh, hit D.C. often. It is one of our absolute favorite cities. I can't hardly land in D.C. without getting emotional and tearing up when I when I see all it represents. Yeah, we really miss Carol and no longer think of her as the baby of the family. She has proven herself very capable. And uh, she's also the light in the office, loves to have fun and kind of has given us and, you know, we've gotten back to having uh, in-house lunches and just, you know, a lot, a lot of fun. Going to miss her, her uh, enthusiasm in the office. Going to miss her in every So here is your swan song salute, darling. Gonna, Thank you. Uh, you're not even gone, and I already miss you. We're talking today. Uh, the other thing we're crying about is do-it-yourself projects that have gone wrong. 
And we've got several callers online who want to share with us their stories, as David did in the last segment. If you get online at one 767 we will put your name in a hat, and we will draw winners for guests. If you'd like to go and join the Rosie on the House team at a Diamondbacks game in the suites, uh, call now with your do-it-yourself story, and uh, you'll be entered. Uh, we'll drop your name in that hat, and we'll be drawing winners here at the end of the show. So I talked last segment quite a bit about projects not to tackle, and that was roofing. And with a general overall warning and encouragement for you to know, ladders are one of the most dangerous tools a homeowner can own. They really are one of the leading reasons for trips to the intensive care unit. So don't treat ladders casually or naively. They must be respected. You must realize you're seven, eight, nine feet off the ground. And it doesn't take much of a fall, just a couple feet to get going pretty fast. And there's only one thing waiting for you at the bottom of that fall. And it's the landing. The next thing is replacing your air conditioning unit. And I've been hearing a lot of ads, you know, about, you know, buying your own air conditioning unit and saving thousands. Um, I'm not saying that you couldn't possibly do that. Um, I will say that in particular ad uh, promoting for you to, you know, buy your own air conditioning unit online is also owned by one of the biggest air conditioning contractors as well. So it's not like, you know, some uh, somebody out there that, uh, you know, found this huge, incredible niche. They are profitable in business because they have a professionally licensed air conditioning com- contracting company. So buying one online also has a huge number of problems if you are just going for make and model of what you have. If you've got a system that's older than 10 years and it wasn't properly sized for your home... Well, just going with the same unit that you've already had in the past could also be a costly mistake because we could get you so much more efficient uh, with today's technology. It's Sanderson Ford Country. Now we've said for years, Arizona is Sanderson Ford country, but um, as we mentioned earlier, sweet Carol Grace Vore, our daughter, is moving to the East Coast, uh, and you're taking baby blue, huh? Rhonda the Ranger is going to be our pioneering vehicle to uh, Washington, D.C. Blue Rhonda the Ranger is going to be y'all's ride all the way to... Beautiful Beltway, Washington, D.C., where you'll be relocating to. So, And then we'll be following you in Lucy. Yes, that's right. In my 2014 Ford Escape, who has been my loyal companion for the last four years. So you'll be making America Sanderson Ford country. We will literally be crossing America into Sanderson Fords. No other way to do it. No other way to do it. She's driving 
two Sanderson Fords. My mother in her garage only has Sanderson Fords. My sister-in-law only has Sanderson Fords. My sister has a Sanderson Ford in her garage. Romy, how many Sanderson Ford vehicles are parked on the on the Whitman farm? Three. Yeah, okay. F-150, F-250, and Expedition. And and at our office, there's no, uh, at any one time, there could F-150s. be as many. Two Four. F-150s, yeah. And in our office, there could be at, at any time of day during the week, there could be 9, 10, or 11 Sanderson Ford vehicles. Folks, I've been shopping there for 30 years. Haven't shopped any. Well, I have shopped other places. I, I have. And it convinced me I'm never going to buy anywhere else than the good folks at Sanderson Ford in Glendale open Monday through Saturday year-round. The most award-winning Ford dealership in America. And folks, there's a reason for it. And talk about community involvement. You, The list of things they do for the community are longer than both your arms glued together. You're looking for a new vehicle? Consider Ford. And when considering Ford, don't even think about going anywhere else than Sanderson Ford. New or used vehicles can be found on their 64 acres. You'll thank me for this. Sanderson Ford. Let's get to the callers. I'm covering the topic of do-it-yourself projects gone wrong and four projects in particular in our newsletter of things we would tell you not to tackle yourself. But Dan has called with a question and a concern of something at his home. Can I tell you, you've already gotten a thank you phone call from Miss Sharon. Oh. You know, we, she thanked you for taking the call from Dan, who had the disaster of a concrete coating job. <laughs> yeah. And she said she was really considering it and thought to herself, how hard can it be? <laughs> but after hearing that, she's going to hire somebody. said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And usually what goes wrong in that project, and Romy, you've done a lot of that, is prep. But boy, it sounds like Dan did all the prep work he needed. It sounded like he scrubbed that thing down clean as could be. And if you're not used to working on flooring, um, you're on your knees constantly, and you just get to a point where you're just so tired of being on the floor and hurting that you can... <laughs> It's real easy to rush the end of the project. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I bet that. I bet that's true. I bet that's true. All right. So a thank you call from a listener that decided not to tackle that project. Now let's see if we can bring Dan in the conversation with his issue at his home. Uh, take it real time and see if we can help him out. Good morning, Dan. Hi, Rosie. How are you doing? Super fantabulous. Good to hear. Good to hear. So we uh, recently purchased a home over here in Peoria, uh, 2,100 square foot. It's got uh, two AC units on it. Um, one unit runs basically the hallway and the four bedrooms. And in the master bedroom, it's got all kinds of airflow, nice and cool and everything. But for the layout, it almost like the bedrooms are all in a line, so to speak. And when you get down to the number two, three, and four bedrooms, it hardly has any airflow. Like, and they're not staying very cool at all. And what what vintage is this home? What when was it built? Uh, nineteen eighty seven. Okay. How old are the two units that are on the house right now? You'll get a kick out of this one. 
original. All right. Okay. Good. So we're like we're we're run- okay, okay. All right. So we're we're running with bulletproof, forty-year-old uh, air conditioning equipment that's not keeping three of the right. bedrooms. Now, okay. So the next question is the most obvious question: Has this always been a problem, or is it a new problem? Well, well, we just bought the house four months ago. Oh, so okay. Kind of hard to say. Okay. Now, well, like I said, the rest of the house stays cool. Like the other unit cools. You know the living area fine, and it cools the master, so it's blowing nice and cold. It's just for whatever reason I can't seem to get those other two and three bedrooms cooled down. Okay, well here's what we're gonna do, Dan. I want you to get a hold of one of our whole house energy audit companies, Green ID or Rias, and I want you to pay the ninety nine dollars to get the audit done. And they're going to do a complete analysis. The air distribution is a fairly easy problem to assess. Uh, Now we just have to develop a solution for it. We've got multiple tools in our toolbox that we can handle that. And if, in fact, the unit, the room at the end of the run is getting sufficient, we're going to create a little back pressure there and open up the lungs into the other rooms a little bit, and we ought to be fine. If that 40-year-old carrier unit is producing cold air, we can get the distribution where you'll be comfortable. But let's start with that whole house energy audit. Call Rosie Certified Rias or Green ID. They both service your part of the valley. Let's get that report done, and then you're welcome to call me back and we can visit about it at a, a later time. We appreciate the call, Dan. Thanks a million. On the topic of do-it-yourself projects gone bad, let's see if we can take Mike real quick. Tell us about your story, Mike. Uh, well, I just got done wiring the my sidecar for some running lights and decided in view of Hoover Dam and electricity cuts and blah, 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 I'd wire up an emergency solar panel and generator. Okay. Whoa. You got to know a lot. (laughs) So I looked up on eBay and got three solar panels, 200 watts each. Figure wire them together and get 600 watts. That should do it. When I got them, they they measured out to about... uh, 12 watts each. <laughs> and so that's stuck with three solar panels that uh, won't do the job. And if you think about it, all a man needs is enough to power the TV and the portable swamp cooler. Yeah, that's true. Maybe you can take those uh, eBay ordered solar panels and why don't you buy a new motorhome and put them on top of the motorhome? It'd be enough to keep those batteries charged. Oh, yeah. There's a million ways to do it. <laughs> but I've got to call Fox Valley and get a consult. Okay. All right. Well, Mike, we appreciate the phone call. You go from wiring your sidecar to solar, so, attempting to solar wire your house. Now, there's a do-it-yourself. All right, guys. I'm going to ask what I know everyone is dying to know. Uh-oh. What are your guys' biggest DIY fails? Oh, 
Carol, you're going to ask that on your final broadcast, your final, your final opportunity. I'm going out with a bang to, to contribute to the show. You're going to ask us what our biggest DIY failures are. I'm asking what the people want to know. It, it would uh, the, it would have to be a longer show. I was going to say we're going to need a couple extra hours. <laughs> yeah, it would have to be a lot longer show. <laughs> you rat. <laughs> I don't know that I've got one I'd ever call a fail. You know maybe a learning experience or something to do better but um i think probably mine's easy but you go first (laughs) when uh when i was building our our, my home it was a wall system called integra block wall yeah and it's a masonry system that is a little different than your typical 8816 cmu if you look at the top of a concrete uh, masonry unit, it looks like a figure eight. You know, you could easily say it's a, you know, you got two. Got that center web. An Integra wall looks like an H. There's no member on the ends joining it, so it reduces the heat transfer by over two-thirds from the outside to the inside. Uh, to reinforce the structural integrity, you put a post-tension system into it so you have these big rods that you know screw into the foundation of the stem wall and then there's a top plate that's put on top that it's bolted down to and then it's injected with foam as we were building it and i was putting this together the electrician at the time joel wheeler who has since passed away wheeler electric you know if you longtime listeners will have remembered him he was a great funny old codger <laughs> and I, I say that enduring. He would love. He would love that title. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a compliment to Joel. He said, "You need to let me get in here and run the conduit inside the block wall, and then I'll. It'll be a much sharper look than having to run conduit on the outside." And he told me that, and I just forgot, you know. I forgot to halt it because part of the integral wall is after the wall's constructed, they come and inject foam. And the foam is so dense, you can't do anything with it. Well, the masonry contractor finished on a Thursday. The foam guys were done by Friday morning at 10 a.m. No. And I, I didn't put together calling them off and rescheduling them until afterwards. And every time I went into the garage... I could, you know, and see these conduits to all these electrical boxes draped all over the garage. I thought, gosh, if I'd have just remembered oh, to call off the foam guys mm-hmm. a week and let Joel come in here and run the conduit inside the wall, I'd be so much happier. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it, actually, my biggest do-it-yourself fail, I still remember it. It was replacing so, garbage I, disposal. I guess I wasn't physically doing the work, but I was doing the general contract. You were the superintendent. You were the man in charge. But replacing a garbage disposal once at my house uh, was kind of a kind of a you had to be kind of a contortionist to get into the spot where you had to rewire um, the garbage disposal. You had to plug it in, but I wasn't happy with where that outlet was, so I was going to rewire it. Um, and the last thing I remember was getting almost completely my whole body in underneath the sink vanity. Uh, on a line, I thought the breaker had been turned off. And me and that 120 volts hugged together really tightly, and I couldn't get out from underneath the sink. 
and it it was it was a miserable experience. I to this day, every day I walk up to the kitchen sink, I I still kind of jump. You kind of scream like a girl. Oh baby, yeah, man, oh man. Let's see if we can get with uh, Sharon, who's called in real quick. Uh, now that we've shared our do-it-yourself fail stories, and uh, let's keep going on with y'all stories as well, Miss Sharon. Yes. Welcome. Hi there. Uh, how are you? Well, thank you. Yes. I'm doing well. Um, as I was mentioning to Jennifer, um, my project fails a partial fail, and it comes from 18 years ago when my husband at the time was retiling our uh, office floor. We had original contractor carpet in there, and it was icky, so we decided to pull it up. And he did a pretty good job of doing the basics of just laying the tiles, getting them nice and flat and even. And then he got what I call project fatigue. Uh, yeah, so it happens. He went, ahead, <laughs> he went ahead and he grouted it up and did, a, again, a pretty daggone good job. But for the last 18 years, I'm staring at pieces of the uh, concrete subfloor where he just wasn't ready to tackle the tedious part of cutting all of the tiles to fit around an aftermarket installed wall unit in there and, uh, you know, some of the corners that are way tucked under. So at first blush, he did a good job and it looks nice, but when you look down with all the lights on, there's the uh, the concrete subfloor. Sharon, do you like baseball? Yes, I like baseball. And if you had your choice to watch the Diamondbacks play the Pirates, the Padres, or the Braves, who would you like to watch? Oh, gosh, probably the Padres. Okay. Well, you, because you're a victim of a do-it-yourself project gone bad, automatically win take two tickets to join us in the suite to watch the Diamondbacks play the Padres. And that's in about two weeks. We'll get in touch with you and give you all the rest of the information. So, you know, being a victim of someone else's do-it-yourself project, that's what we spend a lot of time facilitating and moderating at Rosie on the House, the half-done, part-done, never-done projects. Don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, please don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, please. I will say I did get I did get one over Joel Wheeler. Oh. We were eating lunch and I had just finished hanging the can light over where the kitchen sink was going to be. And he said that cuz he he taught me a lot. And he let me help work with him and doing running all the electrical lines and he's sitting there he's like, "You know, I don't think that light is centered correctly." Which one? He's like, the one over the kitchen. I'm like, no, it, it, it is. I did it twice. He's like, okay. He didn't say anything. And later that afternoon, he's like, oh, by the way, I, I checked that light, and it, it was perfect. And I said, who hung it? And he said, you did. I said, that's right. There you go. There you go. There you go. We're talking a little bit about projects we don't recommend you tackle as do-it-yourself projects yourself. It is the article that was included in this week's email newsletter. If you'd like to get the Rosie on the House email newsletter, it comes to your mailbox every Thursday, and it talks to you about the things we're going to cover that coming Saturday. So it kind of gives you a pre-notification of what subject we're going to be covering. So maybe if it's something that's of particular interest to you, or you know someone that's engaged in that particular activity, you can kind of give them a notice and say, hey, make sure you tune into Rosie on the House this Saturday. If you'd like that newsletter, 
just go to rosieonthehouse.com and uh, hit subscribe. It's easy. Join the 20,000 other Arizona homeowners that get it every single week. The other project I want to talk to you all about that's being done a lot and has been getting done a lot for the last decade is removing load-bearing walls. And that is something I would never recommend a homeowner to take on as a do-it-yourself project unless you had a structural engineering degree. It's fairly complicated. Like Romy said, don't buy air conditioners over the internet. Air conditioning installation correctly is a very scientific business. Ductwork design, uh, 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 size of the unit, uh, thermal gain calculations, BTU gain calculations. It's complicated. You got to be trained in that. Well, you got to be trained in structural loads to know how to handle removal of a wall that's load bearing. And um, I want to tell you, we were, there are, there's not only just the straight down vertical load of your roof, every house has to have what's called shear resistance. So as the wind blows horizontally, it won't blow your house shear over. So many homes with open floor plans and high ceilings have interior walls that are the sheer reinforcement to keep the house standing. And we recently tackled a project just like that in Gilbert. Uh, speaking to um, Bruce, who project manager, what do you call Bruce? Yeah, project manager for Rosie Remodeling. Yeah, I gave him a call this morning. He said it was just the kind of thing where you walked in the house and you thought, surely that's not load-bearing. I mean, surely. Even, even to a trained eye, it didn't look like one, but you guys don't rely on that anyway. But um, once they once they went to cut in the top and look down into the wall, that little extension wall, they realized it was load-bearing, Hired and then y'all hired the engineer and then realized on top of that it was a shear wall. So if, if you're a homeowner and you would have taken that out. Big thinking, trouble. Yes, lots of big trouble afterwards. Huge trouble. So the last thing I'd like to leave y'all with as it relates to do-it-yourself projects, never do a do-it-yourself project that should be permitted that you don't permit. Because at least then you've got a third party, the, the, the building department that's got jurisdiction in your area, coming and looking at the work that may keep you from doing a mistake naively that could be extremely, extremely dangerous. So those are all do-it-yourself projects. We don't recommend. There's a lot we don't recommend, but there's four. You can find them at rosieonthehouse.com under today's blog. Next hour, open line, give us a ring, one 767 4348